Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so we can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, I got a little blank there because um, I'm just so excited for today's guest. Um, I believe he might be our first national champion coach to, to be here. And I can tease out there is a baseball coach who also won a national championship that will be coming out later uh, later this season. Um, but today's guest is Parker Whiteman. He's the strength and uh, strength and conditioning coach for Sam Houston State. And Sam Houston just this past spring uh, spring won their uh, their national championship in the FCS level. You'll notice that in the podcast I talked about FBS level. That 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 was me goofing. Um, that was my mistake. Right? It's the FCS national championship, but still an incredible achievement. Yeah, hundred percent. I I really liked hearing more about Coach Whiteman. Um, and even just hearing how how the Lord used a few uh, staff um, staff firings and and his life um, and and how that turned into a good thing for him and his faith and uh, God getting him in the right places uh, to be used. Yeah, and he talks a little bit about this, um, but he interned with the Ravens right after college, which is unbelievable. Um, and, and then he went to West Virginia, Michigan, Arizona. So some big programs in, in the college ranks and athletics altogether. Um, but, and then now he's at Sam Houston state. Um, it, it's a great interview, but before we, we send you to the episode, guys, we want to talk a little bit more about the community that we launched last week. We got some questions about what it is and who is it for. Um, and I just want to clarify a few things. So it's it's a the community was built for coaches to to gather around sports and faith and, and to have productive conversations. Um, there are a bunch of bonuses like the video version of the podcast with an extra question to each guest. For example, this week we asked uh, Coach Whiteman, um, "What are some of the 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 skills that translate well from college to professional?" Since he now he's worked with the Ravens and that, and also in college. Um, and his answer was phenomenal. And so if you sign up for the community, you will get that, um, the video version plus an extra question um, that can further um, your knowledge and, and more, you know, more stories from the guests, as well as a weekly devotional. Last week was what can we learn from Tom Brady? Um, and, and this week, uh, Chad had a gr- has a great devotion, uh, devotional there for you guys as well. And, and then I think the main thing, Chad, that, that we want to provide is a private community text messaging group where we can connect, um, we can share ideas, we can we can discuss um, you know topics that are happening right now in the intersection of faith and sports, and and then we're gonna do some monthly live streams as well. Sometimes there will be guests, sometimes it will just be us, um, and and we just want to continue to provide value and and continue to encourage coaches to lead like Christ. Um, but coach, remember. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a place where the, the proceeds of this community will go towards sports ministries, such as Chad's with, I, um, AIA tennis and, and others around the country. Um, but coach, we don't want to, you make you wait any longer for this, uh, interview with Parker Whiteman. So here it is right now. Coach Parker Whiteman. Thank you so much for coming on the Christian coach podcast. It's an honor. First of all, congratulations on winning a national championship. Um, But our first question is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for 
having me on the show. Uh, I really didn't know anything about the podcast until you sent me that email and have about a 35 minute drive to work and, and back home. And I've been listening to every one. I think I've listened to every one, but but 10 of them. Thank you. But you're doing great work and, and I love the platform that you're using. So I'll definitely continue to listen. But what does it mean to be a Christian coach uh, to, to me is I'm God's representative in the strength conditioning field. If God himself came down and decided to be a strength coach, I would want to mimic and represent how he would coach my athletes. And that, that goes a, a long way as far as trying to represent how he would handle conflict, how he treats the kids if they're, if, if they're late or holding them accountable and stuff like that. Um, but most of all, it's I'm going to be the only Bible they ever see. And when you talk to these kids in their faith journey, a lot of them have never been to church, never even picked up a Bible or anything before. And I want to be that representation for them. And I think one of the big things is that me and my wife have seen when we're talking to kids about their faith is something that's blocking them is the fact that they think they have to be perfect in their life. And I want them to realize that you're going to mess up. We're all going to be sinful. Uh, we're not going to be perfect. And, and I want them to realize that they're not too far gone from all the bad things that they've done uh, to be able to, to experience the love that God and, and Jesus has for us. And every day I come in there, I just think about how am I going to represent God to each individual kid that I'm yeah. out there in front of. Yeah. And, and I really believe, and I tell these guys that I believe God brought me here specifically to Sam Houston State uh, to accomplish those, those goals and, and represent him. Yeah, I think sometimes I think this generation of kids and there's been a great move away from the church in this new generation. And I think it is because they they think if we're supposed to be Christian. We're supposed to be perfect. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Therefore, I don't belong in the church, you know, and that's and that's a complete opposite of what Christianity stands for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the Bible is littered with people God has used that, that have been uh considered lowly or, or tax collectors or sinful people and to do great things for him and, and his kingdom, you know? Yeah. So this past May, you've reached the apex of someone's career in football, you know, winning a, an FBS national championship. Um, give Go back as many years as you want and start with your story and, and how did you end up now as a national champion? Well, when you think about it, it dates all the way back to where I was born and raised in Kaiser, West Virginia. It's a small town in West Virginia, about 5,000 people. And I was influenced by the coaches I had then. And growing up, you played every sport, football, baseball, basketball, whatever sport was in season that you were playing out, outside, you know. And uh, I was pretty good in high school. I went into college not knowing what I wanted to do, but everybody thinks they're going to make it to the NFL and make it to, to professionally, you know, and – once so you played there, you played football in college? Yes, I played football at uh, Shepherd University. Yeah. school. And when you get there, obviously, like I said, you think you're gonna make it to the NFL. But once I realized I was struggling just to play special teams, uh, my, my career goals uh, quickly changed. And my strength coach I had in college had a huge impact on me. And he taught me the, the ins and outs of strength conditioning, why we do things, how it's gonna impact me taught me about the body and his name was Pete Urish. And I was like, man, if I could have that type of impact on just one person, I'm using all the gifts that the good Lord has given me. So after about year two, I started realizing this is what I want to do. And I stayed for a year and, and coached at, at Shepherd. Mm -hmm. 
And after that, I realized I need to get these things conditions field. I need to get away for a little bit. So I started applying for an internship. And luckily, I got on with Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. And I was there for a couple of years uh, as as an unpaid intern. And I realized I wanted to get into college because I think we'd have a bigger impact on the impact of, of the lives of college kids. Yeah. So I started getting an internship again with the Western University with my met my mentor, Mike Barr. Was, spent about two years there and then followed him around and Coach Rodriguez to Michigan. Spent a couple years there and then went to Arizona and spent about seven years there. And we got let go from Arizona and kind of lost there for about six months. I had just gotten married to my wife and we moved back to Michigan. We were at a training facility and one of my friends put my name in for the job here at Sam Houston State and I called and we interviewed with the head coach and we, we hit it off and been here ever since. And it's, it's been a blessing. That's it's a little great. hot over here compared to Arizona, uh, <laughs> but everything's been, I mean, it's, it's been one heck of a journey. I've been tremendously blessed every step of the way to have great people surrounding me, um, teach me. And it really does take a village to, to raise someone up. Yeah. I just can't be more thankful than what I am for the journey I've had. Yeah. Um, what are some of those, um, I've never personally been fired. Um, but obviously you weren't personally fired, right? It was the, the whole staff, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but what was, what was God teaching you through those moments of uncertainty? Um, and, and how were you able to cope with those and then be able to move on and, and, and start this new job? Or how, how influential was your wife in that situation too? Yeah. Well, I wasn't married. I got married when I was 35, so I didn't meet my wife till I was at Arizona. And I had been let go of Michigan one time before that, and then I was let go at Arizona again. And it's one of those things where you try to stay as busy as possible because you, you've created a, a schedule in your daily life where you're going from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And once all that stops, it's like, wow, what am I doing now? And it really puts into perspective what your purpose is in life. Once you're no longer a strength coach, like, what are you, you know? Yeah. Um, so all your identity, you know, exactly, exactly. And you really, you find out really quickly what your identity is, is rested upon. So I, I, I feel like God's hand has been on my life, my entire career, my entire life. And he's guided me where he's wanted me to go without even me kind of thinking. And I feel like as long as we do the work, he's going to place us in the places that are, we're going to have the biggest impact on the most people. And I just felt like I kept working. He placed me in, in, different places and it was, there was a, there was some frustration there was some worry but overall I, I felt a peace especially the second time because I was growing closer to God that he had bigger plans for me than where I was you know and, and my, my wife always says that he puts you in a certain place to accomplish a mission and a goal and once you accomplish it he moves you on to another place and, and that's no more evident than in my life and, <laughs> and what I've been through so it's it's humbling definitely but it makes you a better person and you learn and grow from it and i definitely wouldn't be the coach or the christian or the husband or the, the son i am today without going through some of the adversity yeah i've been through yeah how, how where in what stage of your life did you did you give your life to christ and what was the setting around it um and how have you been growing since since that moment so i was raised in the methodist church i was baptized when i was a, a baby and I had a really strong relationship with 
Christ when I was in high school. And once I got to college and then started working, like you said, I put, probably put my identity into my work more than I should have in case that's why I didn't get married till I was 35 because I was so job oriented. And I still remember to this day, my family would hate coming out to games because if we lost, I was a bad person. And if we won, I was a great person. And my mom still tells me that she prayed and prayed and prayed that we, they would win every game when they would come see me just because of the reaction I would, I would get. Yeah. And, and um, so once I, I got through that, the, uh, as it was really in 2017, and I call it BC and AB. So I and my wife, she's a dietitian here at San Houston State. We've been blessed enough to be able to work together. Yeah. She was at Arizona. I was working at University of Arizona. She accepted, uh, I think it was an internship at first at Liberty. So yep. we drove her all the way across country. And at that point, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't really praying. I wasn't really living a life that I probably should have been, you know? And she got there and I seen changes in her when she started working there. And her heart got on fire for God and Jesus Christ. And God used her to change me and take me in ways I never thought I would ever be going. We were on our on the way to a national championship game, riding to the game on the bus and listening to Christian music. You know how how it is pregame going on. Yep. And if you would have told me I was listening to Christian music that get like pregame hype ten years ago, I would have said you were crazy. But now it's like that's what gets me excited for games. Yeah. Sorry for going on tangents. No, no, no. This is great. Especially when I'm doing recruiting speeches, I'll go off on a whole different speech <laughs> that landed me somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but back to the, the story, she started going to, is it Blue Ridge around there? Yep. Blue Church Ridge Community and, Church. Yeah. yeah. And she got baptized there. And we started following Elevation Church and Stephen Furtick. Just the change I've seen in her changed me. And I started getting closer with God back in Arizona and going to church. And, and it's funny how you start doing those things and taking those little steps of obedience, how God surrounds you with people that will continue that step. And it was amazing to see. And so in 2017, like I said, we were getting closer and closer with God and we got let go from Arizona uh, three weeks before we got married. So I let go and we were praying to where to go. We got married and we went to Michigan. And just, man, I really feel like if God wants me to lead people, I need to get right myself before I do it. So I got baptized uh, by a pastor at Keystone Church in Michigan before I came down here. And that's where I really felt like I started taking those steps to really having a strong foundation with God before I did anything else. And it wasn't any one road to Damascus moment, yeah. you know? It was a bunch of little things. That kind little of steps. That's yeah. usually how it is. That's usually how it is. Um, and I think the Bible has lots of examples that too. obviously you have Paul that was, you know, that had that moment. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of the other stories, it's, you know, it's it's little steps. It's, a, you know, faithful, faithful baby steps that, that God put it all together and it turns into a yeah. whole life. You know, yeah. um, yeah. we have we have an activity here at Liberty and we do. It's called the Marble Jar activity and we stole it from uh brene brown the oh, yeah. expert in vulnerability and and I'm every dare to change or i'm reading that lead. book right now lead, dare to lead. Yep. Yep. great book um yeah. 
But in one of her TED Talks, she talks about how trust is built in small moments, not in those big moments, you know. And so yeah. we, we started doing the marble jar activity where every day before practice, we go around and share the little things that our teammates did for each other. And we put a marble in each of the uh, inside a jar. After the jar is filled up, they get ice cream, you know. But um, it, it's been incredible to see how they're just now they're being forced to think about the little moments that happened in their day. You know, it's not like, oh, I almost got run over by a car and this person swept me in and took me into safety. No, it's like she brought me a piece of chocolate to class because I knew I was having a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> um, awesome. and, and I think God works that the, the same way too. It's mm -hmm. trust Him with those little steps. He he, you know, He'll He'll be faithful to you. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a great exercise, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it might take a little while with the hundred and some football players. But... Yeah, yeah. Start little, you know. <laughs> start with the group I have now. It's that, a smaller group. There you go. Um, but uh, you, you talked about identity being tied to job, and I think this generation of kids that are in college now have that problem right their identity is tied to so many things the social media following and their results and who you know their name dropping or whatever you know how, how have you been able to deal with that in your own weight room um you know after the experience that you had well i think the most important three four five minutes i have with the entire group is after the lift or after the run or after the speed and agility and that's where I can kind of break everybody down, have their eyes on me and give them any type of speech that, are, that I think they need at the present moment. And it can range from sports, to what they're going through in life to, to uh, what they do at night. And I really try to ask God what he wants me to talk to him about. And I know a lot of people ask why you take so much time to talk to these kids when a lot of times their attention spans in more than five seconds. You know, like, are you really connecting with these kids? And after I thought about it for a while, even if you, I'm just connecting with one kid and I have the ability to change his life or her perspective on life, it's or, or her, her life. I, I'm willing to do that every time. Um, and and it's, it's really connecting with God and, and taking a step back and asking him, what's the message you want me to deliver to these men and women today? And, and I think that's the most important time I have with them. And then to follow them up with them individually, because each talk is going to have a different impact on yep. every single kid. And that's why I'm important. I try to take one, one, two, three kids by, by individually after every session and just talk to them, see how their life is going, see what they're experiencing, see what their ups and downs are, how their family is, you know, and how, maybe the message hit with them. Yeah, true. So that that's really what I, I, I try to do on, on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, that it, it comes down to intentionality, you know? Mm -hmm. it's And sometimes it, it doesn't have to be a rah-rah speech that gets everybody fired up. It can be, you know, just talking life into them. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. In, in a smaller, you know, the smaller groups. And that's true, even in smaller groups, people are gonna hear different things from the same words that you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, um, and so that follow-up is 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 really good. Um, we have a lot of strength and conditioning coaches that that listen to this podcast, but we have a lot of coaches who who I, I've talked to coaches and mainly tennis coaches, but a lot of strength and conditioning coaches are misunderstood. Um, they maybe they don't value their strength and conditioning coaches as, as much as they should. What do yeah. you think is 
is the biggest misunderstanding about strength and conditioning and the coaches? I tell every athlete that comes through here that if you want to be great at anything in life, you've got to do more than what's required of you. And on the college campus, coaches can only spend so much time with you as far as being required work and stuff like that, whether it's practice, whether it's normal stuff like that. But you can spend all day, every day with a strength conditioning coach. And I really believe no one's going to care more for the athlete than the strength conditioning coach because you see them at their very worst at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then you see them at their very best when they're winning a national title game. Yep. And I tell them if, if you're going to spend more time with your strength coach than you do with your parents and you do with your professor than you do with your boyfriend or, or girlfriend, and I try to create that environment in the weight room where if they have – an hour of free time and two hour of free time. They're not getting on Xbox or PlayStation. They're not spending it on social media. They're like, all right, let's go to the weight room because they know they're going to have a hard workout. They know they're going to be careful. We're going to have a uh, tight relationship, but they also know they're going to be getting better. And for a lot of the athletes, especially the skilled guys that don't necessarily like the weight room, they love the field stuff. I'll try to give them something fun to do. So it's give it day. I give them something and then uh, they have to give me something as far as doing some type of work that makes them better, you know, whether it's tennis ball drills or, or just something fun. But it's really that that extra work that I, I try to bring athletes in where we cement that relationship. And I call it standards and relationships. Yeah. I set a very high standard. I let them know that they can reach it. But then you develop that relationship behind the standards so they know why you're holding them accountable. You know why you're on them every day try to reach that potential that they have you know yeah yeah that's true i think it, it I, I agree it's the we've seen when when we've had great strength and conditioning coaches working for our girls you can tell the difference um not not so much obviously in their physical ability right but in their confidence and you know character um yeah. you can you can tell because you know in the in the weight room it exposes all of those things right it, it, oh, yeah. because because there's nothing about X's and O's there. It, it's all mm -hmm. about facing tough situations and overcoming them. Um, and so it exposes their flaws and it exposes their, their strengths as well. And it goes back to what you're talking about, what I talk to the kids about. And you really determine what their inner voice says. Because you're around them so much and they hear whatever your, your, your concepts are, whatever your philosophies are, so often that you help teach them to talk to themselves. Yeah. And from watching so much social media, they get so depressed or they get so down because they see everybody's highlight film and they think, man, what am I doing with my life? But if you can be around them and put those little, those little uh, notions inside of their head of positive talk, positive affirmation, and, and just being better for themselves, I think that's where you can change someone's life. True. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then the physical part's easy. That's what I'm telling you. You're going to get faster. You're going to get stronger. But it's everything else around you that we believe are, are here to help change. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, you won. You just recently won a national championship. What have you seen in the change and the behavior of your athletes over the last, um, you know, few weeks and months um, mm -hmm. since you guys won that championship? Well, we won it on May 15th, and that was, ironically, the last day of our spring semester. <laughs> we won on a Sunday, had a team meeting on a Monday, and then everybody left. It's a long season. COVID, we had to deal with. We've been expecting a season since last June, so we've really been going 
10, 11 months in a row. So guys mentally fatigued, physically fatigued. So everybody left. And I told them, especially the guys that played a lot, to take two to three weeks off. Don't even think about football. Try to rest, recover. Um, if you need anything from me, I'll be here. But we started back up about three weeks ago, and it's been a voluntary session. And I've had about 20, 22 kids. And the response has been really good. And this is new territory for me. So you're thinking about what type of message you want to give to these guys yeah. coming back. And it's whether you spend time on, on last year's national title, because it was such a huge accomplishment. You don't want them to think to forget about it. But the more and more I talk to the guys through Zoom, on phone, through text, the more and more I realize that the feeling we had as a team and how together and how much love we had for each other, we want to experience that again. And in times when we don't feel like doing that, we got a pool from that day, from the games leading up to that game, the feelings that we had then to help get us through the times when we don't feel like doing anything. Because guys are still banged up. They're, they're still not 100%. Um, but the, the response I've seen from guys still being motivated is really good. And it also helps we're getting a brand-new facility. We yeah. went through the entire season without a locker room. The weight room was a locker room, the athletic training room, and, and everything else because our facility is getting worked on. So they're getting a brand-new locker room here i think in august yeah so that, that's another motivating factor. <laughs> i bet um how how have you and the staff been working and crafting that message right because the message of we need to get to the top is different than now we have to stay at the top right because yeah. now everyone pays attention <laughs> right you know and and you know sam houston has had a good success recently so it's not like they were cinderella story but when North Dakota State doesn't win a championship, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, go ahead, go ahead. And that's what I've been talking to coaches around the country that's won previous national titles because this is new territory for me. Yeah. And uh, the message just definitely changed. And it's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take the problem to have. Definitely, definitely. And I was talking to one of our players after the lift yesterday that we're missing a month and a half of training because uh, this is all voluntary during June. We're coming back in July for mandatory workouts. Yeah. But I'm trying to, to stress to them, the quality of our workouts has to be better than the quantity of our workouts. Because we're not going to be able to make up this month and a half. And it's almost a blessing and a curse, because blessing, we played four of the top, team, top 10 teams in the country and won and got great experience, but a curse because now we're missing training. Yeah. So the quality that we do in our workouts has to be better than we've ever done before. And the, the mental side of training, of watching film, of experiencing that type of stuff has to be on another level. Because every game we come into now is going to, if they beat us, it's going to be the other team's whole year, you know. And, and like you said, it's, it's going to be way harder staying at the top than getting to the top. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, um, Coach Whiteman, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We like to end and praying for you guys um, and you personally. How, how can we be praying? Just really that I continue to be obedient to God. And that's a daily struggle to listen in those small voices inside your head. Sometimes you don't think it's necessarily God or the Holy Spirit talking to you. But that, I, that I'm quiet enough and that I take the time to step away and, and listen and then be obedient and I feel like you've been leading me to do another Bible study with our guys and I haven't yet to do it, you know, and I need to, to really do that and take those steps. So just really be obedient to the call he has for my life and, and 
for the life of people around me. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this conversation. Um, Lord, thank you that you've put Coach Whiteman in a position to speak life into his players on a consistent basis in the weight room, during games, um, over the phone. Lord, uh, pray that um, we praise you, Lord, that you, you, you've blessed them with a national championship here. Um, Lord, that you continue to, to, to bless them, but not, not to get big gestures, Lord, but that you, 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 you be glorified through the small steps, the small actions that, that Coach Whiteman does and then the whole team does to each other. Um, and that ultimately the, the whole team will be glorifying you and honoring you um, with their play, the way they practice, the way they relate to each other. Lord, I pray that Coach Whiteman will remain obedient. They'll continue to stay, find quiet moments where he can listen to you, Father, instead of just talking to you, that he'll listen um, and uh, be able to, to see what the next steps for his life um, are. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this conversation. Amen. Amen. Gene, that was a fantastic interview with Coach Whiteman. Um, I loved hearing just some of the behind the scenes of uh, the importance of a strength coach and the impact that that he can have on a program. And I, I 100% believe so, so valuable. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts of the interview, what he said was um, at the end of his workouts, he was just thinking of that, those few minutes after how he could impact his players. And just the simplicity of asking the Lord, um, God, what do I say to this group in this moment to encourage them, whether it's for the game coming up or, or a Friday night activity, uh, how they'll spend their time. And I just love that he's thinking through that and inviting the Lord into those small moments. And I think that's really what it means to be a Christian coach is, is bringing Jesus into those, those smaller moments. But what did you think? Any highlights for you, G-Man? Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, his wife actually worked at Liberty for, for, for a year or so. Um, and that, that's such a small world, but, um, it, it talked about when, when he was going through those being let go at, at those universities, his wife reminded him that God will place us in a, in a place for, for a mission and a purpose. And then when you accomplish it, he'll move us somewhere else. And I think Chad, you can, you can attest to that as well. Now transitioning from coaching into, into ministry. Um, and I think it's something that coaches are so, and goes back to having identity in sports we're just we we hold so tightly to that identity that when god asks us to move on to a different area we we might not be as willing to go yeah really thinking through like who am i for, for me personally you know uh if i'm not a head coach anymore um who, who am i and i vividly remember uh, my playing days at liberty after after we lost there to gardner webb my senior year gian and that identity crisis of that first monday after we were done with tennis, I had no practice. And I'll admit, I played like probably six hours of Madden um, just uh, that whole afternoon when typically we'd be on the course, like, what do I do with my time? Um, so yeah, it was it was hard for me. I hear a lot of uh, players and coaches go through that identity crisis, whether it's an injury or just retiring or, or ending of their career. Um, but hey, coach, listening in, we, we just want to engage with you guys. We want to um, know about you, learn about you, and it would just be a, a big blessing if you guys could help us in just rating and reviewing um, the podcast wherever you listen, uh, tweet, retweet, um, just keep the conversation going so we can spread the word so that more people can can hear about this this podcast and this community um, because it is it's it's like hanging out with with some mentors. You know, every week there's a, a new mentor to learn about their story and and hear what they're. Uh, prioritizing and emphasizing. So 
Um, if you guys could help us with that, that'd be just the, the biggest blessing to me and Gian. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what we want. You know, we don't want this to be the the Chad and Gian podcast. You know, we want we want to create a group, and that's why we started a community. I'll put the community link on the show notes as well, so you can check it out. Um, but coach, remember, wherever you are, whatever your job description is, the mission field is right where you're at.